Hello, my name is Ray Montgomery. I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And on today's show, I have Christy Russell, Employment Service Manager. How are you doing, Christy? Hi, Ray. I'm doing great. Thanks for having us today. All right. And I have Matt Edwards, Employment Specialist. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good, Ray. Thanks. Thanks for uh, having us and, and uh, showcasing our, our services here. Oh, no problem. I wanted to uh, talk to you guys and bring you on the podcast just because you guys are doing a lot of work with our clients. Um, your main goal is really to ensure and provide services as far as employment services uh, to people who are blind or visually impaired. And just really wanted to learn more about how you guys have uh, had to uh, restructure uh, some of your programs, some of your efforts, and the things that you are doing to help uh, people who are blind, who are looking for employment, stay engaged in the resources that you are providing uh, to them. So I want to start off with you, uh, Christy. Uh, could you just explain a little bit about your role at Bosma Center for Visionary Solutions for the Blind? Yes. So I am on the program side of Bosma. Uh, and there in the program side, we actually provide services to Hoosiers in our state who are visually impaired, whether that is, um, you know, a condition they've had all their life, or maybe they have recently gone blind or had uh, their vision loss. So there in programs, we've got lots of different um, opportunities for people to become independent. We've got our intensive rehabilitation center training program. We have our itinerant rehab teaching program, which is more so like helping people in their homes. And then you've got employment services, which is the area I oversee with my team. And specifically, we say we're kind of the last stop or the save the best for last. Because uh, once someone has regained their independent skills and they're feeling confident at living now without their vision, then they're ready to get back to work. Um, they're ready. It's like the final piece, you know, to feeling like they say they're getting their life back is when they're able to go back to work. Now right. they realize it's going to look a little different. You know, they might be using different software or maybe now they use a magnifier where in the past they didn't, um, you know, lots of lots of options that may look a little bit different. But we're here to help them make that transition back to work as easy as possible. So essentially, that's our goal is talk to the person, figure out what type of work they're trying to do or to return to. What do they need and how can we help them do that? Okay. And Matt, could you talk about a little bit um, how you are helping um, clients and their job efforts? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm a, a part of Christie's team here uh, as an employment specialist. So, um, you know, we we help uh, our clients uh, in any way they need uh, to, uh, as Christy said, to get back to work. Uh, we work with uh, such a variety of folks um, from uh, folks that have a lot of education uh, to some that have very little, some that have a lot of eyesight left. Uh, there's still quite a bit of usable vision to people that are totally blind. Uh, so we, we, uh, it's important for us to get a gauge of, uh, uh, where that person is at, uh, both visually, both, uh, can they use technology? What kind of skills do they have? Uh, education, all those things. It's like a, you know, a big, every person's kind of a, a big puzzle that we got to put together in order to uh, best serve them. So, you know, I'm, we're here to uh, walk, walk right with them through the whole process. Uh, some folks need uh, quite a bit of assistance with uh, job searching, 
helping to fill out applications, uh, updating your resume, creating a resume, um, going to job interviews with uh, the folks, supporting them on the job. Uh, you know, some of our clients need a lot of that. Some need only a portion of it. Uh, but, you know, essentially we're, we're here to uh, help them in, in any way that they need uh, to get back to work and be successful. Okay. So uh, right now we are dealing with this uh, COVID-19, and um, right now the state of Indiana is kind of uh, shut down a little bit. So how are you guys able to continue to help uh, clients find gainful employment? Christy. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> well, I think the first thing is is we, um, we're a little bit unique from our other programs at Bosma in that because our team is focused on getting someone back to work, we actually are pretty well equipped to telework, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, my staff and myself don't necessarily, we're, we're really not in the building all the time um, because our goal is to be out and making business connections, growing relationships with local businesses and HR recruiters, um, as well as with our clients and learning the area they live in. What does transportation look like for them? Um, you know, what, what's realistic to them in terms of the shifts they can work. So we find that we're actually out already, and that's a part of our job. So yeah. w back in March, when the center had to close, luckily for us, um, we were able to still do pretty much all the aspects of our regular job uh, compared to some of the other programs. But one thing that is the main difference is that we haven't been able to work physically one-on-one -on -one with someone. So some people might say, well, what would you really need to do? And sometimes that means if they get an interview, you know, we don't want transportation to be a barrier to their success at that interview. So oftentimes we will offer to take them, so, you know, come pick them up, take them to their interview so that they don't have to stress about open door or their cab being late or relying on a family member. We're like, hey, we're going to be there. We're going to make sure you get to this interview early and you're ready. And it gives us time to kind of prep them. Um, other things we do is sometimes we actually will take them with us physically to go to a work site and maybe assess their skills to see if that potential job or that potential company would be a good fit for them. We call that a work experience or maybe even a job shadow. Really, the, the goal there is just to learn more about that particular job or that that company. Um, so for us, you know, the physical part has been what's not able to happen right now. Um, but in terms of still working with our individuals, we've been able to do almost everything um, via phone, of course. And then thanks to Zoom technology, like I think everyone has, has learned Zoom <laughs> across our country at this point and world. Yes. Um, and that's no different for us here. You know, staff had to to really kind of dig in and learn Zoom quickly. Um, and then, of course, in our world, we're working with people who are blind or visually impaired, and their technology experience and comfort level is different across the board. Some people have no problem pulling out their smartphone, downloading that Zoom app, and, and go for it, you know, whereas others, this is new, you know, and so right. we've had to work on getting them connected and comfortable and testing it um, and we, we implemented some training, virtual training during this time as well. Um, so, so really for us, we were, it wasn't too much of a hit other than we can't physically take someone if they were to have an interview. 
Um, but we've had two individuals in between the two of them four interviews during this time and all of them were virtual. And so that led its way to a great opportunity as a training lesson for our clients to talk about like the new normal, you know, like what's this going to be like? Are there going to be more virtual interviews or yeah. things like that? So, um, how, how, so, but, so we're doing all right. So how, how does a virtual interview look? Did you have the chance to sit in on that interview or I'm just curious for my, for the audience is that something you guys got a chance to witness? Sure. Matt, uh, well, actually, one of them was yeah. Matt's client. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had a, a client. Uh, it was just uh, it was a phone interview, uh, so it wasn't on on Zoom. Um, but you know, in in talking to him, um, you know, for for one thing, uh, doing it this way, one of the uh, pros, I guess, is that you know the interview still got done uh, first and foremost. You know, without uh, delaying. Uh, the process, having to come in, stuff like that. You know, uh, for one thing, it it just it happened, <laughs> and that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, I think uh, you know we can we can still apply uh, some of the same some of the uh, same things that we teach for in person interviews. Uh, you know, whether it's by Zoom or by phone. Um, hey, you know, get dressed up anyway, and right. even if it's for the phone. Uh, still display your body language, have a smile on your face when you're talking. All those things uh, can be applied to, you know, a phone interview as well. Um, in talking with the client that had the phone interview, uh, just getting his feedback, um, you know, he, he was like, boy, I was, I was just a lot less nervous, you know. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, it took, took the edge off not sitting in front of somebody uh, yeah. like that. Uh, so he he said he had a, a much easier time talking and uh, and that sort of thing and just just felt less nervous. I think um, the downside of of that process is it is a lot less personable and and I experience the same thing when I'm doing uh, Zoom meetings or or talking with clients on the phone. However, we're meeting right now, it's just a lot less personable. You know, I can't. In an interview situation, I don't think that uh, the interviewer can get a, a a true feeling about the person. You know, right. there's there's a lot of you know you lose a lot of the the energy that somebody brings, or um, just just the tone of of that person. Every everything about you know is just so so much less personable. Um, I don't want to say it's unfair, but you know I. Boy, it, it just it just seems that way. But uh you know, that's that's uh, the reality of the situation and uh we just have to continue uh preparing our folks um uh for, for whatever uh style of interview they're gonna be faced with, you know, during this time. You said a few good things right there about just getting dressed up, um, you know, making sure you're looking your best on the zoom and don't, you know, wear your pajamas <laughs> like yeah. that. But uh, definitely uh Good point is right there, your body language, um, being able to smile, so things that you can do, uh, I guess, to really try to connect with the um, employer. So that was a very good tip right there. Definitely. We actually, so that, was, that was the topic of our virtual training yesterday. <laughs> was We called it you in the interview, you know, and we discussed those things about, you know, uh, how should you still dress, you know, even if they can't see you or, you know, what 
what does body, you know, body language is still important, whether you're on a camera or face to face. So, so yeah, that was, uh, that was actually a really good discussion yesterday with our clients and they had a lot of great questions. Um, um, let's talk to me about the the virtual training right now you guys are doing with zoom right now, because a lot of the clients that you, you guys are actually, that we actually serve are fairly new to blindness. I know they go through our program and we adapt them with all the necessary skills, but are they having any difficulty, like you said, connecting and using this new technology? Um, um, I I'll, I'll let Matt chime in. I think oh, he sorry. probably <laughs> that they are, um, it gets better with each training, wouldn't you say, Matt? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we're absolutely. struggling with people to learn how to, like, how to mute and unmute themselves. You know, if they're on their phone, it looks a little different. If they're on their computer yeah. and some are um, using JAWS, the screen reading software, and they're not sure how to navigate the tabbing to turn the mute on or off. So there's those little things. But um, I'll, let, I'll let Matt share his thoughts. But I definitely have seen with each class, we've done nine now. Tomorrow will be our 10th. Um, we do two a week. I feel like it has definitely gotten better and smoother <laughs> with each class. <laughs> now, is each, certainly each person using JAWS? Is each person using the same software? Do we know if they're using JAWS or would that be a hindrance that they're not using the same screen reader and the different commands? I don't think uh, the JAWS aspect um, has been uh, too troubling. Uh, you know, the, the great thing about Zoom is, you know, they have a, a phone number <laughs> that they yes. can, you know, yes. if, if they're not able to uh, successfully use it on their computer or device uh, with, with the, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the video part of it, uh, they can just call our number an extension and patch right into yeah. the meeting. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it has, uh, you know, and we've worked, spoke with all our clients, uh, about how to get into it, uh, this and that. And, you know, uh, over the, the weeks here, we've, we've seen our attendance steadily grow, uh, which has been a great thing. So I think uh, some people are warming up to the idea of this. I think it took a minute for uh, people to, to kind of catch on and, and, and buy into it and, uh, and participate. But, you know, these, these last couple of weeks, we've seen our attendance I mean, almost double in these things. So, so are these um, are these trainings just for clients, or are they for uh, anyone in need of resources on this end? Um, typically, we've we've uh, just opened them up to our clients, okay. um, but also we've included uh, our our uh, pre uh students. Uh, we've invited them uh, into uh, this training environment as well, uh, because it's all useful information that. Uh, you know, even a student uh, still in high school, uh, these are all things that we work with them on in person as well. Uh, so, and, you know, we're working with 80 some odd uh, students in that program. So uh, generally uh, we've, we've had, um, you know, our, our client base, which is, uh, I don't know, around 50 clients and then opened it up to our, our pre-ed students as well. And uh, like I said, our our attendance has uh, steadily grown, and um, it looks like we'll be we'll be doing this here for several more weeks. So uh, we'll we'll do what we can to to get anybody involved here. Okay. And so what what kind of things are you guys going over doing these virtual trainings, Chris? What what I'm sorry. What did you say? What are the topics? What, what type of topics? Uh, topics are you guys going over doing the virtual sure. training? So some of the the topics we've had is like 
when someone works with the state vocational rehabilitation program, the first phase that they're in as a new client when they come to us is called discovery. So um, that can be kind of an open-ended question for a lot of our clients. They're not real sure, like, why, you know, why aren't we looking for a job just yet? Why are you asking me all these questions? So that sometimes discovery can just be confusing. Um, so that was a one of our first topics because we happened to get several new referrals right before this happened. So we said, well, we want to we want to engage them. They're new to us, and now we're closed and we don't want to lose them and we don't want to go months without connecting with them. So we initially started off with an intro to the discovery process, get to know us, get to know our services, how we operate, things like that. Other topics we've done, um, cover letters, resumes, you know, what, what are the trends with that? What are businesses looking for, not looking for, of course, job searching. Uh, that was one that Matt headed up. Um, Cause that, that can, look different for every single person. And then especially for someone who maybe has not worked for a long time, um, the trends again, and what you should and shouldn't do is very different than say maybe 20 years ago when the that was the last time you looked for work. Um, so how do we assist during that time? We did a really great one, um, let's see, not last week, two weeks ago about career assessments. Um, cause sometimes I think our clients are like, why are you making me take this? It's like a personality test. You know, why, what does this have to do with me getting a job? And it's such valuable tool of information for us, for them. Um, and so we actually did a two part series on that in one week. We even gave them a homework assignment with the link to take a personality test, um, or to take one of the career assessments. And, and, and then they had to come back on Friday session to, we're going to now decode your results and let's talk about how those results are going to help you in your job search. Um, Cause I think sometimes there's a lot of misconceptions that you take those quizzes and you see, you know, forensic sciences and you, in your mind, you have an idea of what those jobs are. And you're like, why did I score there? I have no interest in that, you know, but if you break it down, it's the tasks of the job or the type of job that you're like, Oh, okay. I can see you're right. I do like that kind of thing. So while it may not mean you need to go be a forensic scientist, there's a lot of valuable information about yourself that is transferable to maybe more of a field you are interested and equipped for. Uh, so that one was really, really unique and different. Um, and I think, I think at first they weren't real sure about it. Um, but then the feedback we received at the end of the week was, it was very helpful and interesting and they learned a lot. Um, so now hopefully they won't be so concerned when we say, let's start with a career assessment and help figure out what might be a good fit. We've, of course, touched on disability disclosure. That's always a hot item, right? Do I disclose? When should I disclose? If I don't disclose, what does that look like? So we, we designated a session to that. And then um, we did a two-part interviewing uh, training as well. So setting up the interview, preparing for the interview, and then like we, uh, I think I'd mentioned earlier, yesterday's session was part two, and that's you in the actual interview. So the preparation and then what to do and not do in the interview. Um, and then tomorrow session, we're going to be looking at virtual job fairs, right? What do those look like? And how do you, how do you participate in one? And how do you get prepared for one? What is it? What do you expect? So really trying to take the topics that we see every day in questions or needs with our clients. Um, and now make them actual formal trainings. And my staff have done an outstanding job creating content. 
they, they've really done a phenomenal job. And, and I would love to see us continue to offer these past this. You know, I think the value has been tremendous. You, you talked about um, disclosing your disability. And now, right now, with everything being, like, virtual, um, do you think uh, – I don't know, could you like, because you could kind of hide your disability in a sense, like, you could, you know. The person may not know off the top that you are blind or vision impaired, so do you come out the gate and then tell that individual, okay, I'm blind? Because they may not know just looking at you virtually on a computer mm-hmm. if you have a quote-unquote disability. So is that something you just go out and just disclose? Uh, I guess in, in my opinion, uh, yeah, you do want to talk yeah. about it, even if it's uh, I would agree. over a uh, over Zoom or anything like that, right. uh, because we, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know uh, what most companies are doing now, but uh, you know, they may now have the opportunity to go in after a, a virtual screening and go in face to face and and uh, do another interview. I don't know. Um, so I, I think probably talking about it. Um, up front uh, would probably be the best thing because what if you get a job offer uh, after that virtual interview, you know, yeah. are you going to show right. up to your first day of work and be like, Oh, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm blind or I'm visually impaired and I need, you know, all these accommodations yeah. or whatever. Right. I, I really don't think that's being fair to the employer. Um, yes. You know, does it, does it hurt your chances of getting the job? Well, I, you know, it, it certainly can, you know, but uh, I think um, I'm, I'm always in favor of, of disclosure, of mm-hmm. talking about it, uh, talking about how, uh, about, you know, with the use of accommodations, how I can do that same job as somebody who's cited. Uh, but, but I think if you, if you don't have that conversation, uh, it, it, could, it could be a, a, an even worse situation when you show up for that first day on the job or yeah, yeah. Uh, something like that, you know, I, I don't think that's being entirely fair. Um, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, we have some clients that uh, don't need any accommodations and they have still have very good usable vision, you know, other than, you know, you know, uh, increasing the size of the font on their computer, you know, um, that's something I would still talk about in an interview, in a virtual interview. Um, but you know, it just it just all it all kind of depends on on the level of, of vision that you have and, and what you think you might need. So, uh, in a nutshell, yeah, I'm I'm for uh, disclosing uh, in a virtual environment, um, having that conversation uh, because I think uh, in the long term you're gonna you're gonna be more successful if you if you do have that conversation. Right, just be upfront, be honest with the individual. And you touched Absolutely. on accommodations, and I always want to bring up accommodations because people think that it takes a lot of accommodations to do your job. And as you know, as the world is constantly changing, um, a lot of things can be done remotely, virtually, over the computer. So, um, talk about accommodations a little bit, Chrissy, and how employers shouldn't really fear accommodating an individual who is blind or visually impaired. Sure. So I think the first thing to consider for someone who's who's new to this is that I think people forget that the individual lives with their disability 24-7. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. just show up when they go to work, you know. <laughs> um, and, and so I think sometimes they think, oh, they're at work. How are they going to do this? It's like, well, they managed to get themselves up and ready and they're they got to work on time, you know. 
So I think sometimes that's the level of education is just right there realizing that this person lives like this every day and they're going to know what they need. And it's okay to ask them, you know, um, some people like Matt said, maybe the only accommodation they need is increased font. And so that's something you can easily do no cost, you know, right there in their system. Sometimes it's a magnifier. And nowadays with the advancement of smartphones and even iPads or tablets, for some people, they can just hold that camera screen over top of a document or whatever they need to read, and they can just use their fingers to enlarge it, and then they can see. So it's something they already have. They already use it. They're already comfortable with it. doesn't cost the employer anything, and it's a built-in magnifier. Um, or I've had somebody where they just needed to see certain buttons on the time clock, and they just hold their phone up and zoom in, and then they can see what they need to do to clock in and clock out. So, so yes, you're absolutely correct that accommodations can be little to nothing because the person already uses what they need. Or sometimes you're looking at a little bit higher end, maybe it's the software component, like, you know, screen reading technology such as JAWS or Zoom text. Um, but even then, it's still a very affordable piece of software compared to the bigger picture. Um, and then realizing that they don't need to take on the cost of the training on that, that that's the beauty of working with a Bosma employment specialist is we're right. there to do that training. So you're not out any additional money. And because I think sometimes people say, well, well, we'll buy the software, but we don't know how to train on it. And it's like, well, that's what I'm here for. This is what our right. team does. Um, you don't have to worry about that. You just allow us to come in and work alongside them, make sure it's set up. And then they're going to do their job. They're not going to need me once we set it up. Um, so I think on average, the statistic is, is most accommodations are less than $200, really. I mean, of course, you're going to have it skewed one way and the other, but on average, they're not very much. And the benefit with our clients is they're all connected to vocational rehabilitation services, which is our state um, agency to help people with disabilities that return to work. And so if that employer has like a, fin a financial hardship or they're only able to do so much, um, those clients have the support from their folk rehab counselor to help maybe offset some of those costs. So our clients come fully supported. Um, yeah. You know, we handle all the back end and just let the person do their job that they have the experience and the training and the education for. Yeah, man, definitely. I'm just looking at how uh, life is now and technology, as we all know, is a great equalizer and with everything going on. Things are even becoming even more accessible. I was watching something the other day where the restaurant was going to have a QR code, and you come in, take your, take your smartphone, put it up to the QR code, it's going to be a menu. So mm -hmm. little do they know, that's making it better for me. <laughs> universal <laughs> accessibility. I say universal, universal accessibility. accessibility. Is, uh, yes, yeah. yes. If it helps something one, that they nine do times easily. out of ten, it's going to help. That many more. Absolutely correct. Absolutely. Right. Before I get you guys out of here, talk about your upcoming virtual event that you guys are going to be hosting on uh, May uh, 19th, I believe. Yes. So what you've heard today, as far as our trainings, that's been for our clients and our youth students. But we also don't want to forget about our employers and our business relationships that we work hard to, to create and foster and grow. And so starting this year in 2020 in January, our team launched what we are calling the Engaged Employer Education Series, and we set it up to be a bi-monthly training that we wanted people to come to our actual Woodland facility so that they could get a tour and actually see our, 
our building and, and the good work we do, talk to clients, ask questions. Meanwhile, we present information to them about breaking those barriers for hiring someone who's blind or visually impaired, uh, serving almost like a myth buster, you know, what, you know, dispelling those stereotypes that you might be thinking as a hiring manager in a company. Uh, we talk a lot about what our role is, because I think there's a lot of stigma around what a job coach or an employment specialist is. It does not mean we come and do the job and know you're not hiring two people. <laughs> We're just there to assist. Uh, so really, we, we want to highlight how this does not have to be a scary experience uh, to, to hire someone who's blind or visually impaired and really just talk about how they're actually great employees. They're natural problem solvers. Um, they're probably going to be your most loyal employees because they, they worked hard to get that job. Um, but we know out there the biggest barrier for our clients is lack of education with our business professionals. So this is our effort by creating these employment education series. This is our effort as Bosna's special, specialty team in employment to help start educating our local businesses, hiring managers, recruiters, uh, things of that nature, to, to hopefully continue to open up the opportunity for people who are blind or visually impaired and help get them back to work. So they do occur on a bi-monthly uh, schedule. Obviously, we are, we are still closed, so it cannot be in person next week, but we are going to host it virtually through Zoom. So we did have uh, wonderful folks in our marketing team update that invite with the link to join. And uh, there's certainly you can reach out to me as well. And uh, my email is Christy R at Bosma.org. And that's K-R-I-S-T-Y-R at B-O-S-M-A dot O-R-G uh, if you'd like that link. Um, but I'm sure, Ray, you're going to have it all over Facebook and all of oh, our yeah. channels. Um, but we, we are asking people to, to register just because we want to know who's joining us so we can follow up with you and, and get your feedback or answer any questions you might have after the training. So we would love to have people join us for, for that session next week. It's one hour in the afternoon with my team. And we're really going to be talking a lot about these virtual trainings and how someone who's blind or visually impaired can still be an active employee or participant through Zoom and other technology. Because I think a lot of people just aren't sure how someone who's blind uses a computer, let alone how would they utilize Zoom and things like that that are a little bit higher tech. Uh, so we wanna talk about that and answer questions. We'd love to have people join us, uh, share the link with other business professionals that you might know um, and, and, and come and join us and learn more about what we do. Sounds good, that sounds good. Once again, I thank you guys for coming on the podcast and thank you guys for just continuing in your work uh, employing individuals helping get individuals who are blind and visually impaired employed because we know there's a 70% unemployment rate 62% in the state of Indiana so we definitely want to continue to lower that number so once again thank you guys and if you guys want any more information please visit us on the web at bosman.org all of those resources will be there Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts and all of our social media channels, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for having us.